It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! My guest today is author Jim Pachinski. He wrote the book called The Double Day Code, How to Become a Catholic Major Leaguer. And he uses baseball by analogy to suggest fundamental truths of the Catholic faith. We'll take you on a little tour of the book with my guest today, Jim Pachinski. Jim, welcome to Blessed to Play. I'm blessed to be here, Ron. Thank you for having me. So it started off for you in Wyoming, PA, when you developed a predilection for the game of baseball, in fact, playing Little League baseball. Was this where you grew and and really uh, liked the game and uh, made it a passion of yours? Yeah, that was born in the small town of West Wyoming, and I grew up there. My father was a baseball manager from the early days until 1960 when I was six years old. My earliest memories are attending his games, and of course, my first auspicious uh, start as an eight-year-old in the Little League, playing against 12-years-old uh, at the time. Uh, there were no minor leagues. There were six teams in our town, and we played against each other each summer. Uh, the first game, I was uh, sent to pitch, and after a disastrous first inning, I was sent out the second inning, walked the gentleman, uh, the, 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 the opposing team, a batter, and then, of course, I uh, hit the next batter. It was Joe Ostrowski, Jr. His father pitched for the Yankees and was sort of a celebrity in our town. Mm-hmm. And uh, after I, being Joe, they put me in left field. And the next batter hit a single after Joe was rounding second, heading for home. I hit him in the back the second time. So that sort of set the path of uh, story in our family lore. And uh, my love for baseball began at that time. Well, the, uh, the uh, title of the book is The Doubleday Code, and for our listeners who are not familiar who Doubleday was, Abner Doubleday, he's known uh, as the inventor of baseball, but that is kind of uh, interdispersed in, uh, you know, myth, legend, uh, urban legend, I should say, but uh, you make the point he might have not invented the game of baseball. Uh, the historians have proven conclusively that there is nothing in the writings of Doubleday uh, that would indicate that he had anything to do with the origins of the game. And it was actually a story that A.G. Spaulding of uh, the Spaulding Sporting Goods Company fame uh, put forth uh, with a local businessman, Stephen Clark. And I guess they wanted to establish for sure the American origins of baseball. And based off a, a story in the Akron Beacon Journal in 1905 by Abner Graves, who claimed that he was at the first baseball game when Doubleday threw out the first pitch in Cooperstown, New York. <laughs> well, of course, the, the problem with that is that Abner Doubleday was a student earlier than 1839 there, but at the time that Graves claimed he threw out the first pitch for the, the first game, he was a student at West Point. He went on to become an artillery officer in the in the in the Union Army in the Civil War, 
And although we didn't have anything to do with the first pitch in the fir first baseball game, he did fire the first shot against the Confederacy in the war between the states. Yeah, I think we just cracked the double-day code. And uh, there's some, in fact, there's a field in Cooperstown uh, named after him, but he is not in the hall in Cooperstown. Jim, Major League Baseball, you say, is similar to a religious experience because it offers uh, mystery, the visible with the invisible. Can you expound on that? Yeah, you know, George Will in some of his work said that we don't watch a game of baseball, we take it in. It, it serves all the senses because there's just a symphony of things going on with uh, the pitcher facing the batter, the way the players are positioned, the strategy depending on the pitch count, the runs, the place in the batting order. There's just a tremendous amount of things going on. Uh, a, there's not a lot of time to take it in, but enough time. It, the baseball is played at blazing speeds and great base running and violent hitting, and it just all comes together uh, to to fill the senses and the mind and the heart with a with a noble enterprise and it's a beauty of beautiful thing to watch when you see guys that could play it at the highest level blessed to play ron meyer chatting today with jim pachinski he's the author of the book the double day code how to become a catholic major leaguer and jim you talk about this filled with analogies obviously the book and you talk about the baseball and the Eucharist and uh, some of the analogies that go along with that. Why don't you uh, tie in some of those analogies when we talk about uh, baseball and then Christ in the Blessed Sacrament? Well, my claim in the book, and I put forth the personal opinion that baseball is God's favorite game. And in no other athletic endeavor do you see the divine economy represented so well. And God is present in everything that we do. And Jesus tells us even the hairs on our head have been counted. So there is no coincidence. And when you look at the baseball game, the some of the analogies that you asked about is, number one, the object is to get home, which represents our heavenly home. Mm -hmm. To do that, you need to successfully reach first, second, and third. They represent faith, hope, and charity. And then, of course, you have the outfield, which is three, uh, three distinct positions in one field. It calls to mind for us the Trinity. You have the elevated ground of the pitcher's mound, and it evokes for us the image of Mount Sinai, which is the focus of ethical activity in the Old Testament, and the, the Sermon on the, on the Mount that Jesus pitched to give us the eight Beatitudes. And you can go on and on and on. The, the, the baseball coaches are the, uh, are the equivalent of guardian angels. The nine innings is the length of a novena. The nine positions on the field represent the nine choirs of angels. But the two essential elements that you need, and this gets to the point of the Eucharist, is number one, the bat, because major leagues still use the wooden bat. And the wood represents the tree of, of the garden, which is the instrument of defeat. And it also represents the cross on Calvary, which is the instrument of victory. And so we see that represented in the cross, these two fundamental truths of the faith, the fall and then the redemption. And then, of course, if 
you could have everything in the field, the crowd, the cameras, the teams, the uniforms. If you don't have the ball, nothing happens. And so if there's one word that I'd like to ask people who are listening to my baseball talk, there's one word to describe the Catholic Church. What would it be? And of course, it's what the Catechism tells us is the source and summit of the faith. It's the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And so just as baseball is the namesake and identity and the essence of the game, so too as Catholics, we appreciate the fact that Jesus has given us the greatest gift of love he can himself incarnate in, in, in the bread. And the Eucharist is the culmination of the entire story uh, and the analogy that we could make between baseball and the Catholic faith. Yeah, and Jim has a reflections at the end of each chapter that could take you more in depth on the meaning of that chapter and have you reflect and grow in your faith as well. Well, Jim, I like what you uh, said here, this quote. It had a kind of a little bit humorous. Baseball is boring. It is nine minutes of action crowded into three hours. This is what an Irish priest said. And he told you that uh, when you tried to explain why Major League Baseball must be God's favorite sport. But this particular priest was a soccer fan and actually was a very good player. And you responded, Father, isn't, isn't that what many Catholics say about the Mass? The Mass is boring. They say, I don't get anything out of the Mass. So you talked about nine innings of nervous breakdown and the drama of the Mass and why it's not boring if we know what it's all about. Well, that's exactly the case that I made uh, to the father who was from Ireland and actually a very good soccer player, quoting uh, St. Hescriva de Belagar, who said, if the Mass is boring, it's because your senses are awake and your soul's asleep. And Yogi Berra said you could observe a lot by watching, and he wanted people to see the finer points of baseball and uh, the nuances uh, and, and the skill and the practice to appreciate the game. And the same is true for the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. The Catholic who is an astute uh, student of the game of baseball appreciates the nuances and also could have a deeper involvement in the mass because in the mass every action is is filled with meaning and and i'll just give a few examples why do we use bread and wine we should know that why does the priest take a little bit of water and put it in the chalice during the offertory of the mass why is there the separate consecration of the bread and the wine at the consecration? And then at the end, of before communion, why does the priest take the host and break it and then take a little piece off and put it in the chalice? And what is represented to us by offertory, consecration, and communion? The, the, the three high, highlight parts of the Mass. If we're not at the level of feeble theology, we should be able to explain that. And so that is the kind of things that I offer in, in the book, in the, in the, in the meditation, uh, and that's the, the second inning, is the, the, the appreciation for the actions and the meaning of the activities in the Mass. 
All right, we're talking today with Jim Pachinski. He's the author of The Double Day Code, How to Become a Catholic Major Leaguer. We'll talk more about his book when Blessed to Play returns after this. O sacred heart of Jesus, filled with infinite love, broken by our ingratitude and pierced by our sins, yet loving us still, accept the consecration we make to thee of all that we are and all that we have. Take every faculty of our souls and bodies, only day by day draw us nearer and nearer to thy sacred heart, and there as we shall hear the lesson, teach us thy holy way. Amen. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Jim Pachinski. He's the author of the book, The Double Day Code, How to Become a Catholic Major Leaguer. If you listen to the first half of the show, we went through some of his chapters that uses baseball as the analogy to the Catholic faith. It has nine chapters, speaking of analogies. And uh, Jim, you know, one of the chapters you talked about that I thought was interesting was hitting the bat, the tree, and the cross and the great drama of baseball plays out obviously at home plate where the hitter takes up the bat and then he enters uh, the batter's box, which you might call his sanctuary, and seeks to assert his uh, supremacy over the plate. He faces metaphorically the powers of darkness in the pitcher who also is looking to establish dominance over the plate. So you have this battle going on, which uh, as a baseball player myself, it always is a battle and you hope you get the better end of it. But talk about those uh, forces that clash and the analogy that you make between the pitcher and the hitter and also the bat, the tree, and the cross. Yeah, so this chapter points out the, um, the, the fundamental nature of the battle between good and evil that we have articulated for us in the Scripture very well. We see Christ battling Satan, and uh, we have the history of the Israeli people taking on idolatry. And so all life in our life here in the Catholic faith as baptized Christians, uh, we're called to do battle with the forces of evil. And Satan is, is very real. And Satan takes the, the mound. And as I mentioned in, in, in there, he has seven pitches that mirror the seven capital sins. And he's trying to constantly strike us out. The three strikes against us are vanity, pride, vanity, and sensuality. And he uses that those conditions of our fallen nature to pull us away from the love of God and to, pull, to make us fail in reaching faith, hope, and charity, which are the basis. But not only that, when, when the devil takes the mound and we take the, the bat, which is really the cross into our hands, because the only way to be victorious in the Christian order is the cross, and more especially the crucifix, because the crucifix is Christ's redeeming love for us and mer who merits all of the graces that we have to be able to live our baptismal commitments. 
And so when we take the cross into our hands and we step up there, the devil's got to say, man, I'm sorry he's up. I don't want to see him at the plate. That's the kind of Catholic we should be in, in the drama of life. And, you know, it, it's really very important that we understand when we take up the cross and, and we live our faith and we have a successful batting average, that not only are we getting ourselves on the base, but we're driving others in also. Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, I liked one of your reflections at the end of this chapter, and I'm just going to read it so our listeners could reflect on it uh, as I read these words. Do I get easily discouraged by my faults and repeated failures of falling into the same sins? Do I realize at the moment God's infinite mercy will help to continue fighting and that with his grace I can overcome all sin with time, effort, and recourse to the sacraments. So a uh, great reflection there at the end of uh, Jim's chapter on the bat, the tree, and the cross. And if you get the book, there's reflections, as I mentioned in the first half of the show, uh, at the end of every chapter. Now let's talk about the stadium and the analogy uh, like a cathedral, because I heard broadcasters say the cathedral of baseball, where they're talking about Fenway Park, Yankee Stadium, perhaps Wrigley Field. But there is that correlation where we it's like a hallowed ground, a baseball stadium, but obviously a cathedral is as well. Maybe you could talk about that analogy in a little bit more depth. Yeah, the obviously the, the stadium is where the faithful gather to take in a game. And uh, we put so much emphasis in, in the design and the comfort and the beauty and the function of the stadium. And we would not have it any other way to have the, the exposition of the finest in the sport uh, put this on. It is the World Series, and, and it is people playing on, uh, our athletes playing on the world stage. Well, when we look at the supernatural aspect of this, we have the faithful gathered for the drama of redemption in the cathedrals. And to what really uh, is prevalent in our day and age is the attitude that the church is somehow sell off its treasures and its assets that are in St. Peter's or some of the beautiful churches, the painting, the statues, and to serve the poor. And that is actually not going to advance the cause of the poor at all, because it's really the holiness of the individual members of the church are called to go out and evangelize and help those who are in spiritual poverty, to help those that are in physical poverty, uh, poverty uh, to, to, to come to the full realization of, of their human potential. And the church and the stadium is what fosters this attitude of the greatness of God, that God is first, and that the art and the works that appeal to the soul draw us in a world that's out of ourselves and, and draw us towards God to be able to play the game at the highest levels. So there is a correlation between the impact that the stadium has and many major leaguers will tell you about that impact of stepping on the major league field for the first time in that major league uniform. That That's the way it should be with us when we walk in 
to the beautiful churches and, and see the artwork that benefactors have given first to Christ so that then it could impact us. And then, of course, we can go out and be those major leaguers in the world to alleviate pain and suffering and ignorance and to bring souls to Christ and, and to make our world a better place. And we do hope that the churches stay open and that the uh, artifacts within the church and the statuary uh, are not sold. Because just like uh, a Major League Baseball stadium, there's many people who go to it like it's a pilgrimage. I know there's people who go through, try to visit every Major League Baseball stadium, and and they would like to visit churches as well. Uh, That's an analogy that is uh, important to make, too. Uh, Uh, One thing, one point I would like to make, Ron, is that the sanctuary candle in the Catholic Church is always lit, signifying the physical presence. Jesus is their body, blood, soul, and divinity. And anytime we go to a church, we could access that that relationship and that intimacy, that personal relationship with the Lord. That's the true treasure of the church. Yeah, good point. Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting today with author Jim Pachinski. We're talking about his book, The Double Day Code, How to Become a Catholic major leaguer. Rules, 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 Jim, right? And the Catholic Church has a lot of rules, and so does baseball as well, although I would say the rules in baseball change more rapidly than those in the Catholic Church. But uh, one of the rules that really hasn't changed is uh, the Ten Commandments. They remain the same. So why don't you talk about rules, rules, rules? Well, rules are essential to the good order of the game and the comportment of the players. Uh, can you imagine if we had players running bases from third to second to first? If we had uh, constant mischief in the fields with a, adding an extra foot to the first baseline and, and, and changing the the dynamic between the, the, those infield hits and those split second outs, if we constantly move the mound back and forth, one of the things that gives baseball its magic and its charm and its stability that is that a fan who attended the a game when Babe Ruth played in 1920 and, and attended a, 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 a contest in, in Yankee Stadium or Fenway Park now would be very familiar with everything that's going on. Not much has changed. We, uh, we, we, we move some things around, low, lower the height of the mound, raise the height of the mound. They came out with... Uh, what I consider an abomination to baseball purists in the designated hitter, but for the most part, the essentials, the, the, the rock-solid essentials of the game have not changed. And that is so important when comparing one error with another and one ball player with another, and it works very well. If you, if you disrupt that, then baseball would lose all of the affinity that tracks the purest to the game. And we would no longer recognize it, and it would basically disintegrate as, as the great business enterprise and athletic uh, competition that it is. Now, Jim, we're, we're all trying to get to, uh, to heaven, right? And baseball players, what they're trying to get to when they're playing the game of baseball, especially at the highest level, is the Hall of Fame because they've pretty much mastered their sport and uh, it would be good for us to master our spirituality. But you make the analogy of those who are elected to the Hall of Fame, but there's also a death, judgment, and heaven-hell component to all this. Why don't you speak about that? 
Well, the, the, the ultimate prize for every major leaguer is the hope of entering the Hall of Fame and having your career recognized at such a level with the elites. The correlation in the supernatural world is that our careers will come to an end. Mm -hmm. In fact, they're very short. I'm sure if you ask a, a Derek Jeter or a Rodriguez or any of the guys who have played for a couple of decades in baseball, they would tell you their, their careers go like a blink of an eye. And that's the same thing with life. And we have to answer for God with what we have put in the record books. And, and so at the moment of our death, the amount of love that we take into eternity is set forever. And so this is the time in which we have to prove our, our love for Christ and, and our, our victory over Satan and evil. And every action of a major leaguer is definitively listed in the book of records. And you, you can see how exhaustive they are. Every single player, every game, every bat, every win, every loss, every save. And well, we're going to undergo at the moment of our death a similar rigorous judgment with our Lord. And he's going to ask us to account for the use of, of our gifts and talents on, on, on the spiritual field of the Catholic Church. And so this is something that we should ponder. And I don't think it's spoken of or brought to light uh, enough in our world the fact of there's only four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And should we make it, of course, to purgatory, we would then be prepared to, after the point of purification and, and purifying ourselves, enter that state of bliss with the beatific vision and be with our Lord for all eternity. But we should put every effort into into achieving that eternal salvation and loving Lord in this short lifetime. Well, the book is The Double Day Code, written by our guest today, Jim Paczynski, How to Become a Catholic Major Leaguer. It uses baseball as an, as an analogy to the Catholic faith and has great reflections at the end of each of the nine chapters. So I invite you to go out and get his book. You could go to Amazon or to Sunday Visitor, and uh, they have the book there as well. The Double Day Code by author Jim Paczynski. Jim, thanks so much for talking about your book. I do appreciate it. And thank you for coming on. Blessed to play. It's my pleasure, Ron. Thank you for the opportunity. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You could like us on Facebook and follow the show on Twitter at Blessed to Play. For Jim Paczynski, I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.